Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the I'm Persuaded podcast. Thank you for tuning in with each episode, and just the encouragement that you give each time is just amazing, and I truly appreciate that. And so I hope you're looking forward to the episode today. We're going to dive back into Genesis 3, looking at the latter half of the first sin of man, when Adam and Eve sinned, they fail, and they rebelled against God. And so we're going to look at that. We've had two episodes already on this chapter, and they've been kind of broken up with different episodes in between. So if you want to get the whole chapter kind of put together, you could go back and listen to those in order. And I think that would be great. But we're going to dive into the latter half of this chapter today, specifically looking at verses 14 through 24. But before we do that, I just want to encourage you that if you have any questions about the Bible that you would like to have answered, please just email those to me, text them to me, call me, or if you see me around at church or if um, wherever, just stop me and ask me the questions. That way I can put it on the podcast. I would love to do that. I think we're going to do a series in the coming weeks on eschatology, just looking at the end times. And we had a, a couple of questions about that. And so I think if we just look at eschatology uh, regarding the end times, we could really just answer all of those questions in a few episodes. And so we are looking forward to that in the coming weeks. But today we're going to look back at Genesis chapter three, and I've titled this one, The Curse and the Cross, The Curse and the Cross. And really, I want you to just, if you have a Bible, that's fine. You can open it to this chapter, or if you're just listening in the car, listening while you get ready. I'll read the verses to you, and so you can just follow along there right where you're at, and I believe we can all get some help from this chapter today as we look at the original sin of man and the promise that's given in this chapter and the curse that's given in this chapter. And so it's a very beneficial chapter in our Bibles, so that's why we're titling it The Curse and the Cross. And so we're going to look, we looked in the two episodes a while back, probably a few months ago, Adam and Eve, their sin, how they ran and they hid from God, how a serpent, how he was subtle in his ways and how he tempted Eve to take the fruit and made her just stare at the fruit and all she could think about was the fruit. And eventually she ate of the fruit. Then she went to her husband, caused him to eat of the fruit. And that's how we have the sin cycle in our life and in the human race. We are all sinful because of the first sin of Adam. It's inherited and imputed to us by our fathers. But in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve sinned, after the serpent was tempting them, after God came looking for them in the garden, he pronounced a curse upon Adam and Eve and Satan. And so God now has the attention of Adam and Eve, and apparently the serpent has stuck around to hear how things are going to play out here in the garden. He already knew that it would not be paradise after Adam and Eve chose to sin. Satan knew that, but he wants to hear God throw them out of the garden. That was Satan's ultimate goal. He wanted to see God's creation, mankind choose to rebel against him, and then God have to do to mankind what God has already done to him. And in verse 14, God is cursing the snake, basically because that is the mode that Satan used to tempt mankind. So verse 14 in Genesis chapter 3 says this, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And so... Here he begins his cursing with the snake. And so that is the method that Satan chose to go and tempt Eve and Adam in the garden. And he told the snake, you will now be on your belly for as long as animals are alive. You are a cursed animal. You will slither upon your belly. You will eat dust. 
And now the snake literally makes a symbol in the ground as it slithers that shows off and symbolizes the curse that has been placed upon it by God himself in the garden. The cursed animal brings horror and fear to all normal people that see it. Then God curses Satan here in the next verse. And he says in verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. But we will come back later in this episode and look more in detail about the curse that he pronounced upon Satan and the significance of verse 15 later on in the episode. But then he goes on to curse Eve. In verse 16, he says, Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. And so in verse 16, he goes right into cursing Eve. And so he's cursed the snake, he's cursed the serpent, and now he's cursing Eve. And so now because of sin, because of the thing that Eve has done and Adam has done to bring sin to mankind, the very thing that a man and a woman have to look for forward to in their marriage, that has been cursed and will bring pain to the woman like no other, and that is childbirth. He cursed the woman with sorrow, and she has promised to sorrow during one of the greatest blessings in life. Then in verse 17, God goes on to curse Adam, and he says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I have commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for the snake, and in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth unto thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And so here in these few verses, God brings out the largest of the curses, it seems like, and he places it upon Adam. And so God curses Adam, and because of Adam's sin, he is required to put food on the table for his family now, which was once provided by God in the garden. He will now have to work to make bread. He will have to work to produce food, and he will sweat and labor all to just put food on the table. Then in verse 19, he curses him with death, saying, Adam, you will have this working curse until you return to the ground where I created you from. And so in the beginning, Satan made sin look so pleasant to the eyes but once they sinned God cursed them because of their actions and now we face the same curse today you were born into the curse just like I was we have to work childbirth is going to cause pain and sorrow to women and the, the, the that stinking snake is still slithering around on the ground but the main curse we have to deal with today is death we have been cursed to die just like Adam and Eve. That's part of our sin. Romans tells us that the wages or the punishment of sin is death. We have all been cursed to die, and apart from Jesus, we will die and will die a second time. We will spend eternity apart from him. And so there is what's called earthly death, which is what Adam and Eve will have to face. And there's also eternal death, which we looked at a couple of episodes ago talking about the second death. And so today we fall under the curse. But thankfully for us, we have a way of escape, which we'll look at later on. But then we see the conflict here in this passage, and here we'll go more in depth about the curse of Satan. Here we find the curse of Satan, but it also has two glorious promises inside of it. The first part of the curse is God wages war on Satan, and this war will be 
This war will be forever until the final battle at the end of time. This is the battle between good and evil, dark and light, Jesus versus Satan. Then he promises the second coming when he defeats Satan once and for all and crushes his head. This takes place at the second coming of Christ, and that's not the rapture. And so we'll look at the difference of those in the coming weeks in the eschatology series. But the second coming is after the rapture when Christ literally appears on earth, riding a white horse, steps his foot there in Israel and then the battle of Armageddon takes place and Christ defeats evil he defeats Satan for good he binds him up then in the battle in the valley of Megiddo in Israel the blood will be up to the horse's neck and that in and of itself is an amazing promise that we as Christians get to look forward to that there is coming a day there will be a day when Jesus will defeat evil for good hey it's already prophesied in scripture that that's going to take place and if scripture says that we can take it to the bank because we know it's true we know it's going to happen we know Jesus will be the victor in all of the wars with Satan and so we have that to look forward to then there's a second promise here in this verse in verse 15 and that is the promise of Calvary. God tells Satan that you will bruise his heel, and that is on the cross as Satan tries to take over the world and pronounce that darkness has won. But three days later, we know the scriptures say it was defeated. Death was defeated. Satan was defeated. This is the very first time in scripture here in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 that the gospel is mentioned in all of the Bible. And so three chapters in the Bible, God unveils his master plan to redeem fallen man. And it is sending his son to die on the cross to offer us the forgiveness of sins. Adam heard the gospel for the first time. He received hope there in the garden. And so is true with us. Yes, you and I as humans were cursed. Yes, we have a battle of good and evil going on in our minds and in the world right now. But the goodness is the gospel is extended to you and I to find hope in our situation. In our otherwise hopeless situation, we have no hope. We have no remedy apart from Jesus. But Christ has victory on the cross. And that is the amazing truth that we find in scripture, that we have the cross of Jesus that un that unleashes the chains of sin around us. It breaks the curse that was placed upon us because Christ has already paid for the sins of mankind. Then we see in this passage, we see the confession. Here, Adam confesses where Adam by faith believed the promise of God, which was accounted to him for righteousness. Righteousness. Here is where Adam finds salvation by faith, the very first man to ever live. God just pronounced death upon mankind, and rightfully so, because mankind has sinned and rebelled against God. But here in this chapter, we also find Adam confessing his sins to God. So God had just pronounced death upon mankind, and rightfully so, they had rebelled. Because mankind has sinned and rebelled against God, but then God also promised in his proclamation in verse 15 of the gospel that there would one day come a redeemer. So in verse 20, Adam tells God that he calls Eve the mother of all living. That is his confession of faith here in this chapter. He proclaims to God and grabs onto a promise of God. And that is what we ought to do. Listen, we have many issues. We have many faults. We have many failures. And so not lying, but we do. We are, we are sinful man. We have issues. And so we face countless sin issues and identity issues and mental issues, all that are brought about by living in a sin-cursed world. And what should we do when we get into a problem such as that? We need to claim a promise of God. And so if you have ever placed your faith in Jesus, 
Claim the promises of Jesus. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus, you need to today, right where you are, in your car, in your living room, in your office, while you're running and working out, you need to call out to Jesus and claim the gospel and the promise of salvation. And so if you're bound up in depression and anxiety and doubt and worry and fear and sin, claim the gospel. If you're battling an identity issue, claim the gospel. If you're battling a sin addiction, claim the gospel and confess where you are wrong and seek God and his glorious promise. Then we see the covering in this chapter. And so here we find the true ramifications of our sin. And for sin to be properly dealt with, there must be a sacrifice. And so reading on in this chapter, after verse 20, where Adam confesses, he says in verse 21, unto Adam also and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. And the Lord God said, behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil and now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever therefore the lord god sent him forth from the garden of eden to till the ground from whence he was taken so he drove out man and he placed at the east of the garden of eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life and so here in the last part of chapter three we find that god is allowing them to receive that righteousness he's covering them because they now know their sinful condition they now know the state in which they are in and so here we find the true nature of sin and for sin to be truly and properly dealt with we find a sacrifice and adam and eve had learned this firsthand where before the rebellion there had not been any kind of killing in the Bible. Mankind got along with each other and with animals in the garden. But now because they had sinned and God was going to exhibit his great character and show them grace, but God then has to take an animal that is nearby and he kills the animal to make a covering for their sin. He did that in verse 21. That means that this was the very first blood sacrifice in all of scripture. The Bible says in the New Testament that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So for Adam and Eve to find some kind of favor with God or to have a new accepted standing with God, they must accept the sacrifice of the animal until God would eventually send Jesus. And that plays out through all of the Old Testament. Countless weeks go by for 4,000 years as mankind brings an animal to the, to the altar and brings them to the temple and sacrifices is what they have so that they can have a standing with God. And listen, tonight so is true with you and I. We are dirty and filthy and wicked because of our sin. We are exposed because of our sin. And we needed a blood sacrifice and a substitute to pay for our sin. And so that was Jesus. 2,000 years ago, Jesus did that for us. He was the perfect sacrifice. So during the Old Testament, an animal could only cover the sins of mankind for a short amount of time. But once Jesus came as the spotless lamb of God, and now he doesn't cover us with the skin of an animal, he takes all of our sinful ways, all of our sinful thoughts, and 2,000 years ago, he put them on himself. And now he offers us a coat of righteousness and complete forgiveness of sins. And so maybe you're struggling with the besetting sin issue, whether it might be lust or lying or language, and maybe Maybe Satan has tricked you into sin and made you think that sin is appealing and you've been living a life in sin for some time now. You might be asking yourself, what do I do? You claim the promise of God and you accept the covering of the Lamb of God. Now, God just doesn't cover them any longer 
Now he takes them away for good. So in the Old Testament, they would have to get weekly coverings for their sin. But now through Jesus, our sins are blotted out. They're cast as far as the east is from the west. And so some of us might be struggling with sin or identity or depression or anxiety or whatever it might be. And so wondering, what can I do? I urge you, accept the promise of Jesus. And even though you aren't already a believer, you might now believe Jesus on who he says you are and what he says you can accomplish. And so claim the promise of Scripture. You might be battling depression or anxiety. Take it to Jesus and get his covering of grace and mercy and righteousness. If you're a believer, trust me, through Scripture, we have already have the promise that we've been given a code of righteousness, which now gives us a new standing called justification with the Father. And so I assure you that he will help you right where you're at. He helped Adam in the garden with a sacrifice. And trust me, he has already helped you in your garden by providing Jesus right where you are. He sent the perfect sacrifice, his only son, to be your substitute. And you might say, you talk about Jesus a lot on this podcast. And I do. Because listen, he is the answer to everything in life. He is the answer to our sin issues. He is the answer to our depression issues. He is the answer to every issue we have in life. And if you claim Jesus and his promises, your life will have purpose because Jesus is driving the purpose. And that doesn't mean you'll never have a heart issue. That doesn't mean you'll never have a heartache. That doesn't mean you'll never battle some issue in your life. That's not prosperity gospel, but it is. One day you're going to get to spend eternity with Jesus. One day you're going to get to live in an eternity where there's no more tears, there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow. And so though we might suffer a little bit while we're here on earth, we gain everything in eternity because we have accepted the free gift of salvation through Jesus and Jesus alone and he's given us grace and we've accepted his grace and he's given us a code of righteousness that takes us and gives us a new standing with God the Father. As always, I hope you have a great Friday. I hope this was an encouragement and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.